Yo, welcome to a new episode of the Just Tape Podcast. We've got myself, Remy. Got myself, Alex, on the podcast. So a bit about me. So um, I went to school with Remy. I've uh, been in the industry for four years, started my own brand. Um, I did a polo shirt brand originally based on football shirts. And uh, I feel like I've got a lot to talk about in terms of the morals, the ethics, the values of the the global fashion business at all different levels and I think there's a, a big conversation to be had um, on all echelons so happy to be joining the podcast and I think we're going to cover a lot of good stuff. Yeah, for everyone that doesn't know, uh, his brand Jersey Wear, uh, that's Jersey Wear on Instagram, J-E-R-S-I Wear. You know, talk about, you know, kind of people you've had wearing your brand. So I've got uh, a few people involved over social media and um, through events. So I've made connections with people like Novelist, um, Dennis Salter in the house industry. Um, spoken to a lot of sportswear influencers and bloggers who have shared it on their content. I'm trying to find my niche at the moment yeah. because the thing about the brand is it's both sportswear and casual wear um, and in a kind of terrace fashion space, but also I can see it in uh, a higher fashion space one day. So I'm trying to find my feet at the moment and stick to a niche. So that's something that we can talk about in terms of how you start a fashion brand um, and the way you think about the context of it and the value it brings to your certain target audience. But yeah, um, yeah really happy with it so far and it's had a really good reaction and uh, people can see as the product is a standalone artifact on its own right. It just needs a bit of work and development and I'm getting there. So it's about uh, bringing it to the right people and sharing an interest in fashion with others it's the real value that i've tried to bring to it for all because like what we're dealing with right now is, is a it's a rise of growth in um menswear i mean a lot of people have like different things to say so like articles that started talking about this like, last month mostly like vogue and um business of fashion edited those like basically three three main sources i've seen what would you what would you like attribute um the rise in menswear like currently to <coughs> so i would say first and foremost um, when social media kind of blew up and a lot of people were given a platform to share their independent creativity yeah. um it took the the focus of the business outside of the corporations who come up with the trends with huge budgets huge marketing budgets um huge development budgets and it allowed independent people to build their own communities and their audiences and their products, which was quite difficult to do beforehand. And we know that social media has had a huge impact on these things. Yeah. Um, and I think the fundamental reason is that people wanted to look for audiences on the internet that they couldn't find in their immediate environment on the high street. And when you do get uh, communities building, it starts to change the influence of the culture itself. And styles start to arise and people start to buy into those styles and they take new forms. So. I guess in answer to your question, it's um, it's mainly down to just technology and the way that we we can just access new people around the world. Yeah. Um, and it, I think it's very much for the better. But there's all kinds of connotations to it, um, which we can talk about um, for good and for bad. Um, so you're basically saying the, I mean, is that your, is that your only like source for like the rise in, in menswear like today, 2022, like social media technology? Well, blogs as well. But Blogs, um, yeah. YouTube is huge, obviously, yeah. because you've got content creators coming out and putting their, c putting their content out there and trying to um, 
I don't know if they do it for profit, or they do it for their own egos, or you can often tell why people are doing it for the right reasons. Um, but I think our, our generation is just tapped into the, m the newer things and yeah. we go seeking it out because we have the platforms to do so. So, I mean, specifically that what they're talking about is um, like a tailoring is made on return. They're saying that smart, casual pieces, um, guys are like investing heavily in those. And there's a focus, specific focus on um, gender neutral clothes. So I guess from um, from a clothing perspective, from a technical perspective, that's what I guess people are buying into. Like people are maturing. Um, people in their early, well, mid-20s, basically. So they're starting to venture out so what you're seeing is less of the skinny skinny jeans and more of the wide leg trousers yeah which i was doing like a couple of years ago simply because of comfort I w it's not like i was wearing skinny jeans before but i mean i was going for like a wider leg than than previously yeah and do you think that you've taken that direction based on your own choices or yeah, have you been sure. so you've done that yeah. Um. I feel like that's good because I feel like a, a lot of people just buy baggy t-shirts and oversized t-shirts and buy buy them for a big price tag. Um, and you know, I was I was in that headspace a few years ago, and I don't know how a lot of people feel about this, but when you start maybe working out, and I think physique has a lot to do with the way that people pick and choose their style and their yeah, items. Yeah, for sure. So I would. I was a bit skinnier, so I wore baggy t-shirts. Yeah. But I, ha I like the aesthetic. I like the over oversized fit. But then I was like, look, I'm, I'm going to the gym and I'm trying to look after myself and eat, eat really well. Yeah. Why would I not show it off? Now, yeah. a lot of people laughed at me and said, you're an idiot. Just stick to your style and be yourself. Is it? But it depends. Sometimes your your physique can, can be shown through a baggy t-shirt, the way it fits your shoulders or things like that. But um, it is it's down to aesthetic and if you carry the aesthetic off. So... Yeah, trying to find a middle ground, but I think days of the got uh, the the days are gone of, you know, top man skinny jeans and plimsolls. That's that's <laughs> far gone. It doesn't. It's just not good. And I know that a lot of people in the fashion industry who do have a, an awareness for aesthetics, um, do see that on, you know, kind of scraping the barrel terms. It's 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 not that good, um, but it can be worn properly. But yeah, I guess it depends what um, social group you're in, or or kind of tribe you're in, um, and if it if it fits your it's your aesthetic. See, I knew like 2016 for sure that kind of skinny jeans, that skinny thing, silhouette wasn't it. And I, I listened, <laughs> I listened, I listened to what San said. Basically, he said, "Oh, um, he kept on talking about my Harishi snow pants like for years." And like, I didn't really like pay attention too tough because like I seen the prices it was like, like two bills. I was like, "Fuck." Yeah. But you know, I finally got a, hand, a pair of. Um, my hands on a pair of uh, snow pants for the first time in 2016. And I had like, like indigo, a medium sized, you know, they were cool. But it's like at that time, I couldn't actually really wear them with anything. So, I mean, this kind of sat in my wardrobe for a little bit. Yeah. Not collecting dust, but you know. So I was rocking the Uniqlo pleated trousers, um, medium as well. So, I mean, that's, that's for me. That I was like the widest legged I was doing. But like. Yeah. As I start venturing into, uh, I guess, denim more, jeans for sure, and um, 
snow pants. Mm. They got more wide legged. And then I guess two, three years after that, so talking about 2018, 2019, I was fully into my wide leg, like his face. Yeah. Because you've embraced it and you know the, the benefits of the narrative that it brings to your outfit and the confidence it allows you to have. It just allowed me to wear more like different trainers. So like yeah. I could rock an Air Force one with the snow pants. Um, at that time, I could rock a 95 as well. Not much else, but... So, <laughs> the, so the future next year, you're going to be wearing flares? See, definitely Where, where does it go? Definitely not. <laughs> no, this uh, is yeah. like... Right now, I'm not really into... Oh, I am, because wide leg is like, we're, we're still here, still in this zone. Yeah. But it's like, what I was venturing for there was like, um, to be able to wear more footwear. And, but I didn't actually. I ended up wearing more like hoodies and baggy tees which was cool but like as you say when you pay attention to like your body and go to gym like you start to think well this stuff that I was rocking like two three years ago it's not really fitting me like it like it mm. was because mm. like yeah when I when I started to work out basically my body mass started to just like become more defined so I can't it, it seems like I lost that that weight mm. I can't really wear the baggy clothes anymore because I'm not like I'm more defined basically yeah do you think that that is a consideration that more people should think about rather than just wearing what's sold to them on Instagram yeah for sure because that's what that's how girls dress girls dress based on like ha tailoring yeah mostly how it, how it fits their bodies I think as guys we just wear like whatever like off the, off the rip like. yeah that's, I mean, it's an interesting thing to compare women's wear to men's wear. I mean, you know. We're all human, so it's just clothes. But, well, we wouldn't be having this podcast if it isn't just, if it is just clothes, um, because clothes have a narrative and a, and a reason. When I say it's just clothes, mean? I mean, we all have to wear clothes, whether yeah. we're men or women. So it's like that yeah. conscious divide Yeah, shouldn't be so stern, I think. But yeah, go on. No, I mean... Let's let's break down menswear and break down women's wear and compare them and how they borrow from each other. Um, you know, f for me, and there might be gaps in my argument, but for me, menswear is quite formulaic in the way that you see, let's take the high street at the moment, yeah, for the most part, before brands like Represent or, you know, Cold Bucks, and that's the sort of thing that goes on, you know, quite a lot in the north of England, but... Before that came around, it was about a logo, a badge, on a t-shirt, and for the masses, that was what sold because it had a brand narrative <coughs> and a story to tell. And for for most blokes or men, like that's what works. Um, yeah. Whereas women's is all about pattern, cut, shape, culture, history. Now, the <laughs> way that menswear has come more culturally significant is we've employed those things into menswear. We've employed like culture and street culture and pattern and trend into the way that, you know, men want to more express themselves because necessarily we couldn't find a community on the internet. Yeah. So let's take, you know, let's just take Supreme, right? Yeah. Supreme as a model for this is to the point, um, very well contextualized. The brand's good. The audience knows about it. Everyone knows about it. And yeah. the, the psychology and the consumerism and psychology behind it is brilliant. 
Now, I don't think I can name immediately a standalone women's wear brand that has come about at the same level. Supreme or like Palace has, and these kind of brands have done women's wear as a result of becoming important. Um, well, I'm not <laughs> sure if they have, but what I'm trying to say is that some streetwear brands who are predominantly men's have opened up to doing women's wear. But I guess the point I'm trying to make is, is men's wear, therefore, in our day and age and our generation, now in a better position than women's wear was 30 <laughs> years ago in terms of significance? I disagree with you on so much there. Okay, well, let's go. I mean, I don't I don't even see how like streetwear brands like Supreme have even offered like a women's wear range, first of all. No, they haven't. <laughs> second of all, it's like when you could when you compare what Supreme have done is cool, but it's like between nineteen ninety four and now. But then you have like Mew Mew, which is like Prada's uh, diffusion range. It's like Mew Mew is huge. I'm sorry, but it's like as much as people go crazy for Supreme, like People love Yumi, and it's like women love Yumi. People, uh, women love Jack, Jackmas, Telfar. I mean, it's a lot. Yeah, it's like when your when your name like your brand name like rings in the streets like that, which it will. Supreme Supreme doesn't have the same. I mean, it does when you see the the clothes, but the name is lost its appeal. So when you talk about growth, it's like yeah. I mean, I think women's wear is just taking over everything like all the time. Is streetwear originally a men's thing or has it always been Definitely a 50-50? Not. Definitely not. If you see the origins of streetwear is basically almost, I wouldn't say solely, but people like Vivian Westwood and Ray Kawakubo, like, yeah. I mean, when you have Dover Street Market, that's like, it's not, I wouldn't say it's Ray's idea, but it's her brand's idea. Yep. She's almost 90 years old or 80 years old. Like, even Vivian Westwood, she's definitely 80, 90 years old. Yeah. You've seen what her brand's been able to do. I mean, wasn't it the Sex Pistols? Sex Pistols, yeah. Exactly. I was just listening to them um, yesterday and today, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I mean, the whole thing about Vivian Westwood, like, very successful and the way that Sex Pistols, um, you know, she was able to open a shop, I think, in West London. Yeah. And um, charge a a fortune for the clothes she was making but she was aiming them at like not necessarily people who could afford them but selectively chose pieces um so it was it was you know grounded in in a culture right yeah. and it was essentially what what a kind of audience wanted to buy exactly. and what she did was said right i'm going to look at a social group i'm going to study them research them understand what they want to wear you think that's what she did well this is this is the <laughs> thing because i've kind of i've ended up concluding that might not have been what she did but is deeper than that so i'm saying she looked at the audience and then she designed for the audience okay in simple terms to some degree yeah to some degree yeah and i feel like the problem with a lot of brands at the moment in general they're not doing that they're not doing it they make a product and then they sell it to people and say this is what you gotta buy and you get some i can't swear uh you can uh, some fucking <laughs> rubbish <laughs> <laughs> Um, being being marketed to us, yeah. and th and that's what's lost in the industry at the moment because people don't have empathy for their customer, and that is a design principle. 
Now, that is a topic for its debate in its own right. Because it's not even about that. It's about the money. They're not it's doing about the it money. It's about the business. We're not doing it for, like, people that are in a similar position as other people. You're not looking at no. for a, like, a cultural perspective. You're just you're doing, doing, like, a... I mean, I was going to say it's Shane, but Shane do know who the customer is, really. And they're just able to steal off... They just rip people, people off, want. don't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw a few jersey colours knocking around. Yeah. So that's that's probably too far in the right direction where you know your customer so well that mm. you're willing and able to steal from everybody else to make your customer happy at cheap prices. Yeah, if you can get the volume in, then it can be sustainable. Yeah. But um, it's about getting that sweet spot. And because they know, that's, that's one thing that I guess they're able to do with uh, in regards to women's fashion, they're not able to do with men's fashion so much. The like the cheap products, yeah. Um, because just the way men and women buy products or buy clothes is very different. Yeah. So I mean, how would you say it's different? Shane, are able to exploit that? I mean, men usually buy in less quantity, a lot less quantity. They go for usually bigger brands. It's as simple as that. I mean, that's that's a that's a major one right there. When yeah. you're able to target women who will buy more quantity, not well-known brands, buy whatever, just as long as it, it looks good or fits good. Like, yeah. If men were able to get into a headspace of that, it might be better. Might be able to save some money, but at the same time, there's also that open um, field, I guess, for being taken advantage of from a brand like Shane. But it both works both ways. You might get taken advantage by a brand like Balenciaga, who exactly who only adm- could would never admit, but they only offer a certain value past a certain point. Um, you know, you you pay five hundred pound for a t shirt. Now the functional value and the aesthetic value is great, but you're actually buying into, you know, you're buying into a group that says, "I've got a lot of money, I can afford this." The thing is, what I believe genuinely from like just my own experience like seeing how people react i believe that like men really do buy into a brand and like its message and women don't really care that deeply yes for them it's about aesthetic it's about image you know perception is everything to women yeah but for a for a man it's like um you can be superficial but it's like if they buy into your your message and they see them and them like rocking it like that's worse enough yeah, and there's obviously a divide between people who have a lot of money but not a lot of aesthetic depth to themselves who actually do af- go after the brands. Like, if you go to Bond Street, that's what people buy based on the labels they're buying. Yeah. But that's the predisposition to buy the brand. It's not for necessarily the quality because the, the prices don't always justify the quality. Um, they don't, but... Um, can you hear me better now? Or oh, a lot better now? That's better, yeah. Damn. That's not even my fault. But going back to um, Balenciaga now, um, or any of these, you know, top tier high street retail, not high street, but uh, top tier retailers. Yeah. Um, what are they for at our level? You know, if we buy hoodies and T-shirts, I feel like it's kind of like a scheme to, you know, support the high couture end of it. Um, almost like a pyramid like these are the bricks to and these are the pillars to support the fashion shows to support the big business yeah um so you know they're kind of like i might say depending on our insecurities to buy their products and give them money 
yeah. because people see brands as a way to you know fill a hole in their insecurities and they're buying that security back and they're buying their ego back so you know are most people that buy these products and let's say their target audience is bitcoiners right people who make <laughs> bitcoin money um these guys aren't necessarily style aware they're just going by instagram aesthetic and they buy a t-shirt to wear with night dunks and a and a pair of shorts, and you might have a different opinion, but this is my perspective. Uh, it looks like you do. And um, are we really, truly <laughs> interested in fashion if, I, let's say, I'm buying Palm Angels and Balenciaga and a Gucci t-shirt for £500? Oh am I truly a fashion fan, or am I a fashion fan if I go on Sheen and buy a t-shirt that's £50 or £5 and suits me and my style? This is why we have... Goldie on the podcast because he, he's gonna ask the important questions. See, so I personally believe it, it doesn't matter. It's like how you rock it. But um, <coughs> I mean, first of all, I think like those three items, those three designer items, that will cost you a lot more than five bills. Yeah. Um, but having said that, I mean, it really depends because like you might see something on like on a celebrity, and like, oh, they're rocking that nicely. How about you know? Or if I had that time. Yeah, I wish I could fucking afford that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One day. I mean that's how that's a how a lot of people got into like Arcteryx. Yeah. Welcome. Guess who just walks in? Mm. My guy. Uh which mic do you want to use? we're gonna we're gonna find out which one is which. So he's Yeah. <laughs> and we're just setting up. We got a man. So you want to say hello there? You getting okay? Hmm? Did you get in okay? Get in the building. Yeah. You might want. Yeah, 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 that's all good. What is he right one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, two, testing, one, two, one, two. Or is it three? That's what I'm thinking. Yes, it's three. One, two, one, two. Yeah, all right, back to it. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm late, guys. Right. <laughs> <coughs> what were we talking about? Talking about uh, Valencia. Yeah. So the functionality of buying a T-shirt for five hundred pound, if you can afford it, if it looks good, and if there should be, well, based on what we were saying, maybe there should be a brand that makes good product, makes it accessible, makes it self-culturally impactful, and doesn't justify spending someone spending five hundred pound on a T-shirt. Maybe we ask your initial question because I think he. He's gonna have a really good answer. <laughs> you wanna introduce yourself before you answer? Yeah. Uh, oh, alright, cool. Let me see. Oh, my name's Theo. Uh, you can find me on the socials, Teddy Hawks. I do a bunch of stuff all around. I just do photography, videography, styling, all sorts. Um, but yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Raised in London, Hackney, Islington, Sides, Dunno. Dunno. 
Ask a question then. Oh, yes, yeah. Forgot my question. question. <laughs> <laughs> you were basically asking what the impact of Balenciaga on like the cultural impact was. He, he was saying if someone spends upwards of five bills on like Balenciaga, some other shit. Gucci would I just like the Bond Street brands uh, and Palm Angels. That's Gucci, Palm nice. Angels. Oh yeah, these like and Bitcoin brands. Yeah. Or <laughs> if you spend like fifty pound at Shane, who's like the more into fashion? Like it doesn't that does that, that shouldn't justify who's more into fashion really and truly. I said who is like, who's putting it on is what I it said. It depends on how you wear and yeah, <laughs> the whole vibe with it. Because you could see some guy with like I don't it's two know, against he, one. I'm just saying, like, you can see someone wearing like a, I don't know, 200 pound outfit and you might think it's a more expensive outfit, but um, like that happens with me all the time <laughs> yeah. as well, I ain't gonna lie. Yeah. Like my outfit would be 200 pounds, but then people think I'm wearing some expensive shit. And it's, it's yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's like, where you want to be. That's a sweet spot there. Why you say two against one then? What's your... No, that's wrong. Um, I would say, I just like, I'm, I'm, it's not black and white for me. It's like, I would wear a t-shirt that's let's say fifty pounds, w- but it looks like a five hundred pound t shirt. Yeah. But then, I'd wear a pair of um, trainers that cost a lot of money. So, yeah. so you can always got the babes on. I got the babes on now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, I'm saying. Say that into the mic. Some of the coldest babes I've seen. Yeah, one of the mad ones as well. Um, yeah, I was with uh, Declan Rice when I bought them as well. Oh, sick. Yeah, I gave him my business card. I gave him a jersey card. I was wearing jersey, and he was like, okay, I'll take your card. So I DM'd him later and didn't respond. Fuck Declan Rice, if you're listening. Um, yeah, so I say, I just think, like, are people into fashion um, because of the brands and the money attached to it? Or are they into fashion because of the aesthetic value it brings their lives and the narrative that they can express themselves in? Are they into it because of the social conditioning they receive on Instagram to dress a certain way? Mm-hmm. Or are they interested in fashion because they genuinely are interested? Now, we just made the point about spending loads of money on clothes um, or spending a little amount and making it look more expensive than it is. So who's therefore more into fashion? Is it the person that's self-aware, socially aware to make something look more expensive? Or is it the someone who can just douse around money like it's nothing? Uh, slightly, afford it. slightly. I can't like it's both. Like it's even, yeah. even though even though Kanye wrote, uh, he ran away from the bill. He was basically like loaning these items. There was like some rare archive, like rough pieces. He'd been loaning that since like 2016. It must have been like at least fifty thousand, at the very least. And um, I mean, you have a, if when you have fifty grand to play with. <laughs> And like I don't know, you had some like art art mom or some shit, like or she was like Lucas a bat's mom or some like I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna lie, there was something I was thinking about on the way here, yeah. It was like like you know the whole Balenciaga Kanye gap situation that they got going on there. Yeah. Like I feel like it like I mean, you know my take on the whole like Kanye, Virgil Arblo, what they've done and da 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 I'll explain that in a sec, but it's just like <clears throat> I feel like it's a good thing and a bad thing because in a good way they've kind of made a bridge between the lower end and the higher end of things. Yeah. However, why are hoodies that are just the most basic hoodies? Simpsons hoodies. Like, <laughs> oh, okay. why are they two hundred pounds plus? That I still don't understand. That. And then talking about the youth and the culture and da da da, da you're not help, like the youth shouldn't be being forced. I to have be, exactly. They're being pushed like to to go behind the hype, yeah, and then pay for things that they can't afford. I have two answers exactly. For that. 
Okay, so Kanye is in a, in a situation whereby he was going through too many samples for the working with Gap. Mm. And Gap are not like that. They will do like two to four samples. And if they do two samples, one of them is going to go out. Mm. Kanye's Kanye. He might be doing like 15 and none of them will go out. Mm. So they're like, so he brought in Demna and Balenciaga to help him do the samples. So mm. that's why it says engineered by Balenciaga. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so, I mean, that's some kind of justification for I the hoodies that. being two bills. Like when you have a fashion house like Balenciaga helping this collection, this is like basically the first so one. Obviously, it adds value and it adds a lot of like I don't know technical value as well. I guess in it as well, not as not as monetary. Not. But I mean, come on, man! Like you can't be forcing the youth to pay two sixty for a hoodie and shit like that. It just don't make sense to me. Like, <laughs> like I mean, you like if anything reinforce like the normal Gap products and like I don't know, raise the price of that a little bit rather than like. I don't know. I don't know, man. It's just I feel like it's just a bit too much, man. It's unnecessary. So where's it going in future then? So we're at this point now, but how would you like to see it unfold in future? What needs to change? Uh, in my opinion, it's either I feel like the people's mindsets need to change really and truly, and then even like the production of like the lower end stuff. To be honest, I mean, end of the day, there is a lot of high fashion products that are still being made by the same manufacturers as the lower end of, as the lower end of things. But it's like, why are people having to pay for I it's just this whole issue of just the pricing for me man of people having to pay these crazy prices and it's like yeah. this is the main drive behind all the hype and da, da, da. it's just it just don't make sense to me the, the, the youth can't afford it and then the youth can now have to go and find a way to hustle and I mean that's also a good thing though no but he's being cheeky it's though it's kind of influencing youth to kind of go out there and hustle a, a little bit more get some more money and da, 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 but then to do what go flex on materialistic things because I'm saying it's like if you're paying like almost gallery department prices for like gap but that's just rude in my because <laughs> <my, laughs> <laughs> if you're saying t- like two two twenty i'm not sure if they're actually charging that but like i know you i know gap like gap are gap are but i'm not mm. sure if like you know like lamvin would do so are we is this a form of mind control are we controlled by these brands but we already know this and he said it as well new slaves like what we're do you slaves, mean we're slaves yeah. to these brands aren't we? but that's the thing because it's it's kind of meant to be that way if People don't realize like the way like like department stores like just on the on the high street they're in existence because they copied from the fashion houses to be able to supply to customers just regular people yeah. at a cheap price yeah and they've been doing that for centuries it's not something that's gonna change but at the same time it's like fashion houses used to have couture and used to be able to rely on that. So they can't yeah. really. So they've had to really adjust their whole pricing, like structure. And this is one of the ways they've been able to do it and still continue to be successful. So in that in that case, do we have the right people <coughs> at the top? Do we have people like Balenciaga? Do they deserve the right to be the arbiter of what goes on in the industry? To the people that employ them, yes, because they're making the money, and that's why they employ them in the first place. Because like when, it, like Couture has like not even slowly, it's like massively declined, yeah. and there's no like replacement and there's definitely no replacement in sight either yeah and year after year after year brands are continuously able to rip off your designs and nobody cares <laughs> like imagine actually being able to do that like it's cool people hating the fashion houses because they have all the money it's like but yeah they made the original the designs like and stuff they employ people over these it's like tr- tradition history like being able to continue it's almost like a like a premier league team 
Mm. Like, if you're able to just go to, like, I don't know, Manchester United and just call yourself literally Man Red and just, like, be there next to them and, like, sell their shirts and some shit, like, I don't know, Ronaldo, like, have a Ronaldo shirt and just, like, flog <laughs> that. Like, people will be kind of vexed, like. Yeah. But at the same time, there's always, there's always human politics. Like, you know how... um. Ars Pizza started his um, whole clothing line by mm. um, doing the bootleg uh, Life of Pablo shirts. Yeah, yeah. People supported him when he did it. When other people might do it, they were like, fuck you. Like, I don't. What were the reasons for them supporting him? Having the balls. Yeah. Really having the balls to actually do it confidently yeah. and like at least knowing some people. You might not know everybody, but so it's a start. So in that respect, then, um, Fia, I'll ask you a question. Do you think... Mm-hmm. Um, people on social media are more likely to support a solo entrepreneur than they are a corporation putting out a project. Mm. Just yeah. because they're solo. I feel like people would follow the entrepreneur more in terms of like paying attention to it, but then at the same time, they kind of passively still pay attention and obey like the, the brand, whatever the brand is kind of putting out there as well. Like it's so ingrained like that we just passively kind of take it in anyway. Even if you hate the brand. Yeah, it's mad. <laughs> you could probably still talk about the brand for five minutes. Like, It's mm. crazy. The fact that we're doing it now. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you, you, you hate... you hate. I don't know if you hate Balenciaga. I don't. But I... Um, oh, I, I think design-wise, it's special. It's special. Um, really? You think that? I think design-wise, it's special, but there are marketing... Well, let's look at like Denma's work. It's, it is and it isn't. It is special in the fact that it is a cultural fuck you in some ways and i'll tell you why that's why so I like it. Yeah. so I I, if you look at their like um runway or catalog and you look at their like stuff that comes out they're literally making tracksuits you could find in your dad's closet that cost 20 quid at a vintage shop but they're making them a grand and they're going by what people who really want to employ the industry to do and who run things and making basic suggestions in terms of their designs, but they're doing it at a very profitable take the piss kind of notion. Mm-hmm. And it is like a scheme that these people are doing. Yeah. And they borrow things like they borrow their art direction from like, you know, gothic stuff and like the the matrix aesthetic of that era. Yeah. And it is a real fuck you to like the kind of conditioning in the system and the social powers that be. Um, I think, think it's going too far though. It is going too far. Because mm, remember 100%. a couple of years ago, <laughs> they brought out, um, they brought out, that shirt on a shirt yeah, yeah. okay oh, it was like 800 I was, I was waiting to mention that yeah the oh shirt the shirt on a shirt yeah and if anything or they did the lonsdales yeah they did the lonsdale trainers that had the balenciaga lo- branding on them now yeah. that that would just get shared on social media and i can't remember who it was who did like a baguette bag was it Burp? no it wasn't Burp, i can't remember um but these are just like marketing ploys um, but at the same time, they know that people will buy them because it is like a suggestion that I've got money to play with and I'm I'm having this sort of joke with yeah. the company. Now, what is that a good thing or is it a bad thing? I think it's funny that yeah, fashion is at a stage where we're even able to do tongue-in-cheek jokes, like genuinely with the clothes, like not but even it's just... kind of serious as well. I don't know, man. There are serious <laughs> conversations. But that's, 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 that's the whole point. One thing that would be good is if the the jokes were progressive. But I think that's probably for another designer or another generation to touch upon. The fact that he's started this kind of dialogue or this conversation where we can have fun at the people that lead fashion, 
I think it's it's a step forward at least. Mm. I mean, the fact he was able to take a, just from Vermont to a bigger, like an actual established like fashion house, mm. it's crazy. But I think it's testament to the times. That's true. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, who else is really doing like stuff like this? Like, it's not politics. Um, if there was someone like Greta Thund- Thunderberg, is that her name? Like right, if she, if they did a collaboration with her, then okay, I would say that's progressive. Like we're yeah. actually going somewhere yeah. with this. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but is that their target audience? Do their target audience take care and sustainability? Or the NASA scientists? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're not interested. Um, so hopefully, some good come out of the way I see it. Look, if you're if you're ripping off people with a lot of money, but you're doing it with a real um, grasp on your uh, I guess you're part of the culture and you've got social infrastructure in place t- to start commanding things um, both of people and the way the culture works if you can profit off that and donate things into back into the industry which I know a lot of people a lot of companies do have these sustainability schemes and it is a good thing because you can immediately put a product out there make a lot of money and hopefully reinvest it into good things yeah exactly like we're um the Heron Preston thing I was telling you about that collection that oh, yeah. his first his first collection that was based on um something to do about safety at the beach because he's from San Fran. I don't know much about the beach. I don't know some shit about like protecting seagulls and yeah. like waste that goes oh. into the beach. So and you stuff say like something that. about like reusing life jackets and stuff like that. Yeah, shit like that. Oh too. yeah, that's yeah, that's interesting. That's that a good idea. Man. What year? What did like? When did he start that? Do you know? Twenty seventeen, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Heron Preston. The the line hasn't been, the brand hasn't been like, all around for a long time. Mm. So, do we think the state of menswear is in a good place at the moment? Mm, I think definitely. I think it's in a better place. It could be in a. Be- it could be even better. To be honest, I feel like guys still need to explore more. Like or over here, we need to stop yeah. all this trendy shit. What night tracksuit? Yeah, bro. Like or just whatever the statement pieces of the month or <laughs> like, season or whatever. It's just like everyone just wears exactly the same thing. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and then people have this tendency to feel left out. It's, yeah, it's silly. It's literally like that. Literally, like you just see one blanket piece from like three years ago, and it's still. It's like it's like, it's like <laughs> that in the clubs, though. Like with everything, basically. Yeah, yeah. But it's a social uniform, which could That's be a good it. thing for people when they're and they're. Uh, their social group no it's, mi- health. it's misleading to the rest of Europe and the world because they'll be thinking that we're on shit we're not on shit, we ain't on shit. <laughs> it's like one person they've seen one person do it or a couple of people do it and it's like okay that's that's the vibes we're going with that yeah and then it then you do start reading the wrong things into it and you get even more divisions and things like this in society at large I feel fam that's the thing it gets deeper <laughs> I, there, there is one thing I want to say so um this is actually to do with the, the rise in menswear. So they were talking about, I guess, one of the, the reasons for the rise in menswear. Um, and this guy was, you know, this guy was basically talking about how it's due to people wanting, like, jackets and shirts and loafers. And he basically said, um, verbatim, coming out of the pandemic, it's clear that we're headed for the death of streetwear. Men now prefer casual suits or shoes with hard soles over sneakers. His name's Chris Black, and he's a menswear and culture specialist who consults for brands like Tom Brown, New Balance, and Stussy. 
When I read that this morning, I said, this guy is an idiot. What do you know about streetwear? <laughs> is he like? in a town in fucking, where is he? I, I was <laughs> like, who, what culture are you a specialist in? Like, if you, like, streetwear is dictated by the people that are rocking the clothes on the street. If that's what you're rocking on the street, then that's what you're rocking. doesn't mean that some lost in guy, terms of know. in terms of people criticizing what's going on in any field of industry um but especially fashion because it is a, a form of social identity is anyone qualified to talk about it yeah but i just feel like everyone's so keen to just shit on streetwear every given opportunity even when it's not even included i just want to say it but just because you know when let's say um like salomon brought out those uh trainers that are doing really well at the moment but originally or like new balance like the way things are brought back and then marketed and then just take on their own you know they fly for themselves yeah um prior to that people would see them in a different light yeah. so if it's good enough for the community that it's sold to then behind closed doors people genuinely aren't qualified to talk about them so they can't but if they do and they get shot down oh well then how am I not qualified to talk about it? Do you see what I mean? Like, if it works for those people and the people get it, but the person trying to criticise it doesn't get it, then they're disqualified from talking about it. I don't believe, like, there's any, like, disqualification involved. There's a red card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I just believe that, like, you need to be a lot more introspective than that to be saying something, something so stupid. Like, like, if you actually yeah, knew what streetwear was, like, you would actually know that it's not defined by sneakers, mate. Uh, that's that's not. If that was the definition of streetwear, I, d- I don't know where Supreme would be. Like, just Supreme always sell sneakers if if without a um, like cross collaboration or something. Have you ever seen just a pair of just Supreme sneakers just by themselves, just made by Supreme? No, no. 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 Exactly. So what, what's he talking about? This guy's an idiot. Like, I mean, I mean, wait. When was this written? This year. Recently. Bro. This was in July. Yeah, he's in the, he's in the <laughs> fucking metaverse or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you can't like you can't from, generalize. Yeah, from what I've seen, I mean, yeah, I should. I mean, I'm about to generalize, but <laughs> no, but you can't. I feel like people are more okay. Well, opinion wise, I feel like people are more like after comfort than anything. Yeah, yeah. And True. the stuff that he's pointing out, hard shoes, etc. That's not comfort, bro. And that's what people are trying to move away from. Yeah. Trying to find like a, a most a comfortable way to look smart still and still look stylish. And, yeah, yeah, like. It's like you, when you see like the Koreans and they're in their suits <laughs> and Air Force Ones, like they'll be wearing the casual suits with the Air Force Ones. You're not, you're not saying that streetwear is dead, like. That's true. Seriously. No, I hate, I hate the fact that people are just so eager to shit on streetwear at like, any given opportunity. You want to say it's dead, it's done, it's over. I've heard a lot of that like this year. Should it be uh, renamed? It definitely should be, but I mean the name the name sticks. I mean it's got its it's got its roots from um but, mm, I feel like the definition's lost though. Like people don't know what to define streetwear as. Because you just have people just coming up and just I don't know. Just just I feel like everything's streetwear now. Have something like, to say. Because yeah. we made it that, like the people on the street made it that. Hundred percent a good thing though, but it's just where you get these little arguments. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's incredibly conflated as well, like confused. Um, if you see like a brand on Instagram, but oh, that's streetwear. It's like, well, how can you define it? Does it, is there like a definition of streetwear? Yeah. You know, where do things sit? What can you dictate as what streetwear or fashion? Of streetwear? Like, yeah. is yeah. it sports streetwear? There, is should, it be like <laughs> there should be a, a better system of defining things. Like, 
Who should be on the council then for for making the decision? Because if you look, the if fashion council. If, seriously, if, if you think about streetwear, maybe instantly coming to mind is a baggy shirt, a baggy t-shirt that ultimately fulfills someone's um, goal of looking like a streetwear kid. And we all have something in mind of that, depending on who you are and where you're from. No one's really doing a slim fit polo shirt. Ooh, business idea there. No one's doing like a... I don't feel like I can put jersey into streetwear. I don't I don't think it slots into like the cultural um, definition of streetwear. And it, people call it terrace fashion. Like terrace is yeah, like obviously it. football. Yeah. Like, like, People go like football hooding and stuff, but I don't really want it to sit there. It can it can be translated because um, I mean when I when I think about streetwear, I'm thinking about what like what Sans and I used to wear when we used to skate. It was just like jeans, MS ninety fives, and a white shirt, and it was probably baggy. And it looks good right. and doesn't cost that much, and it's not that deep. And like those but jeans were probably ripped. Yeah, we'll get some twenty five pound cargos from H and M or some shit. Bam. <laughs> and that that can be translated into like if you want to put like streetwear into little departments or pockets like sports or whatever it can slot into like little different ones if you just like change maybe one item out of that little outfit yeah and there's that social awareness of yourself and self-awareness and design awareness and a lot of people just don't have that and they'll jump onto something based on the fact that someone else has coined it as streetwear because they want to buy into it without much knowledge of it but i I think jersey can be streetwear because like from from where i'm um, sitting like Streetwear has its roots in a Stussy tribe, and before that, I guess in the um, in the surfers because skating came from the surfers. Yeah. Then you got the skaters, then it was like Stussy, then like Half and Supreme, and like we've just evolved like into like Bape and other stuff, Undercover. Yeah. So like for, I mean Jersey is a is a similar kind of logo mania type um type brand. Yeah. I mean, Vivian Westwood has done it countless times. Like, she doesn't just like heavily rely on the logo. She would do mad shit. Yeah, you could do the couture pieces and the runway pieces. It'll be exciting to think about what that could look like. Like even even the palace, palace skateboards. Yeah. Yeah. We one thing we need mm-hmm. to talk about uh, this week's drops. Which one? <laughs> the <laughs> the drops that everyone participated in, or oh, even knew about. Yeah. I, I, let me see. I participated in the Easy Day thing. Yeah. What else? Uh, what else did I get? I've got some Jordan One Lows. Is it? Yeah, they're not dead though. Some, oh. some blue ones. I, don't even, I forgot what they're called. Oh my days. I think it was like black, dark, or <coughs> the blue. They're really getting carried away with these names though. Yeah. Running out of names and shit. Um, but yeah, did you not participate in any of that shit? No. <laughs> you didn't even you didn't even take part in Easy Day. I don't care. Okay, let me just make it clear, yeah. And I can tell you why. But yeah. <laughs> Listen, I don't really care about Easy and Easy Day, etc. Yeah. I'm just here to make this money. I feel we like to hear from. Just rip off those bitcoiners. Yeah, yeah. I'm done. See, I just wanted to just want one of them slides. Like that's that's, that's all, all I wanted. I wanted yeah. well, just a pair of slides. Pair of slides. I mean, I ended up getting three other pair of trainers that I didn't I'm want. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't get the slides at all. But oh I'm shit! I'm just have to buy them resale or some shit. Damn. It is what it is. I got me some fun runners though. You got some? Yeah. Oh, I got black. the fun ones. Yeah. Yeah, platform runners wait off the easy day thing yeah oh that's sick I don't know if I want to sell them or not though mm. I'll see like how I feel like walking around in them bionic shoes like. don't walk around in them and sell them though but yeah. that's, I'm walking around the house I mean not like outside no, I was going to say the material's a bit it's alright but yeah. after it gets a bit dirty and messed up it's long yeah I'm seeing that I got a pair of um, <coughs> um 80s like 
trainers. I'm not sure. I, I think I wanted, yeah. Oh, um, the brand 80s. Yeah, I think I wanted to sell them at some point, but the way I've just worn them like twice outside the houses, I can't really sell them like that. Yeah. Do you want to know why I didn't huh? participate? Why? Because I already know what I like to wear, and I'm not going to let a drop by Kanye West tell me what to wear. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And I'm from a place in the country where people wear old school stuff like night TNs. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm into like archive trainers. And it's pretty basic and it's formulaic, like we talked about earlier. And I can't be letting, I can't be a slave to someone who. Um's prerogative is to try and tell people they're slaves. <laughs> <laughs> and at the same time, I've already set my own aesthetic boundaries of who I am and I do push about push the boat out to some extent and wear certain brands, but I'm not a hype beast. Mm. I feel you. You guys are. Yeah, I wanna ask you look real quick, because you mentioned as well earlier. Yeah. Do you that's have a, a uniform? Beast. Do I that's that's it? And that's <laughs> my uniform changes all we the time. But yeah, we all have a uniform. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, especially on, especially in the uh, seasons yeah. like winter and spring, um, summer. Mine changes like every. Mm. Actually, no, I have like one standard uniform, but I change yeah. parts of it or the way I do it yeah. like every couple of weeks or so. I don't know how to explain. Do that. you know what Americans call it? What's that? A rotation. <laughs> a rotation. Yeah. I you might have I a got, few I things in your rotation. rotation. See, when I hear rotation, I'm thinking something quite different to right, your standard rotation. Yeah. What do you think when I'm thinking rotation? <laughs> <laughs> My nose already. <laughs> when you hear the rotation, what I'm thinking is battery, Terrible. train. That's what <laughs> I'm thinking. That's why when I hear the word rotation, I'm not here to think like rotisserie chicken. That's, that's oh what I'm saying. But yeah, when you keep it in your rotation as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it, it, I I do have a social uniform. I do care for these things. Like I am passionate about analyzing and observing other people and the way their social uniforms came to uniforms came to be. Yeah. And I think that that is what we were talking about earlier. If you're a company and you're Kanye West, you are to a degree because he knows that running shoes and pumps are part of the the normal landscape for people to buy their clothes as as the style for the masses exists at the moment. So if if anything, Yeezys are just um, a aspirational product for people that don't really push the boundaries and don't have much idea about full-on design. I disagree. Now, it will be good to disagree because that's the way I feel about it and that's the way I see it. Yeah. His footwear, I can't lie, is 10. Like I don't even buy any of his sneakers. I probably won't. It's been, I know it's been like six years or I've never bought any of his sneakers I've probably won like my cousin's pair like one time <laughs> and your slides but like nah for real he'd really been thinking about this shit and like the engineers they have at Adidas to help him this is like some serious shit they're putting yeah. like thought into this and like his actual clothing user collection is coming together a lot more it's becoming like more defined and pronounced he's becoming more like unique and with the draping and tailoring and stuff yeah. it's matching this these of the footwear, the footwear was already like ten, and the clothing is like a, like a six now. It's, it's getting up there, it's climbing. Mm. So, what is it that he's doing the right way that other people should take note of? The innovation, constant innovation, like literally, like that's true. Literally, you've got so many Yeezy footwear, so many types, and with such a short amount of time, he's like he's made everyone really step up and think, "Fuck, we got to make some funky." Quirky, weird our shoes. Just, just make them. Can't lie, I'm trying to find a way to disagree, but he's <laughs> probably like the only person that I've seen that can actually like 
don't know. He's created his own ideas. He didn't it's copy in a past idea and yeah. just use that template. And just, just new. Yeah, he yeah. just made some shit. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Kanye if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not it's not easy to do, but as well, um, do you know about his line after pastel but before Yeezy? No. What so he, it? I forgot. It was like it was like DC something. It was like. It had his mum's name involved in it. Oh, oh, oh. DW. Yeah, it was DW. Mm. Um, he had one like runway show. I think Ciara wore some piece by him. I mean, it was interesting, but that's what he was talking about on Sway Show when he was having that rant saying, I spent like 12 million of my own money. Like, he genuinely did that shit. Like, to actually see it, like, I was, I only see it, seen it uh, this year for the first time. And I can't lie, it was like, I see it. Like, I see where he was trying to get to. Like, when you see that and then you look at like the first three Yeezy uh, collections, mm. you can see the growth, like for real. What he was trying to do by himself and then what he did with Adidas's help. Like, I ain't gonna, I feel like I haven't seen enough to say that, yeah, he's a sick designer, he's this and that. In terms of the clothing side of things, yeah, I would agree. With. Yeah, 100%. exactly. He's changed the, the whole game yeah. in the world. But clothing wise, I haven't seen much difference in the first collection to now, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. there's a lot to be done that's what I'm saying the growth has been in like the tailoring the draping and like um, okay and even with execution, that yeah, this whole aesthetic that he does as well it's not a unique aesthetic that was the aesthetic that was fucking it was trending on Tumblr in 2015 yeah. and 14 and then everyone jumped on it like, I was wearing that shit in 2014 before I knew before Kanye before I knew about Kanye's whole style yeah. and da 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 because I wasn't really into his style back in the day it was in, I was into his shoes the LV shoes and that shit, but yeah. I was into how, like the way he was dressing until watch the throw and hit and that whole era came and yeah, but before that yeah the, the, it wasn't him was it the Javanchi like, dog tee yeah 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 <laughs> with that spiky shit as well and leather shit yeah that was it but who else is uh let's say Kanye um, his designs have a trickle effect on on other things going on in the world who would you say is second to Kanye them no and then next. And to me, I would put Demna above Kanye, really. Yeah. It's because Kanye is able to do that shit because he's Kanye. Demna is basically working from just like being Demna. Like, that's hard. Where else has Demna like, been that's in difficult. the past? Vatman. Yeah. So become f- just from there, like yeah. Kanye been had like what's it called? Uh, Amber Rose, Kim Kardashian, have kids with her, Jay Z, all these people, Rihanna. It's like when you have all these stuff that puts you in the news all the time. Mm. You're gonna make a name for yourself, and you, the fact that he makes music and produces. But is Denmark good at designing or good at marketing? I don't give a fuck what he's, he's good at. People know him and like <laughs> know his products. Like his as a des- I think I, I think God is talking from like a designer perspective. Or what what perspective are you talking about? So when I asked you about Kanye, yeah, um, I would say I would say Kanye is very clever because he incorporates the masses into his designs, but he also incorporates everyone else. And his models for design are for the aspirational people that have just made their own money and now they want to, based off their own aesthetics and social uniforms that they've brought up with, maybe on less of a budget, um, you know, they're buying a kind of class into when they buy, you know, Kanye's products, the same way Balenciaga does, the same way all these all these brands work. But um, I just think sometimes he's deliberately making shoes to fit into that space now i I know for example he's come out and said that he's not he doesn't want to do that but i feel like he contradicts himself when he says 
you know, I want to make this shoe and make it accessible to everyone at a good price. Well, go on and do it. Yeah. But it doesn't. Still ain't seen that. <laughs> um, otherwise, uh, a couple of years ago, um, I uh, I bought an all triple white pair of Yeezys. Uh, I think they were three fifty actually. <laughs> and what happened was, uh, you know the story. What happened was, I jumped on it. I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna buy them for I think it was like one eighty, yeah. and I'm gonna try and sell them for double. But what I didn't know was <laughs> Kanye said that he was making those in volume. Because normally he'd make a limited run, and then that's why the you know they go nuts on stock. So when you bought them for one, so when I bought them, them. I couldn't flip them. They just Mm. sat there, and I ended up selling for like two hundred a couple months later. And the kid thought they were fake when they turned up. Mm. Um, But going back to your point, I think it really comes down to: Are you in in it for the business and the glory, or are you in it for the (laughs) fashionable context that you want to inject into humanity and the way that you want to influence the culture? What you said uh, for the glory, you're talking like there's some gladiators. Like it is, though. Time. It is. Right. Because these guys are working at a very high level and they are competing. Yeah. They are competing. <laughs> and there is glory and legacy involved. But them two are friends. Like, thought he's helping him with a Gap project. Like, you think fashion people are friends like that? You wouldn't be doing shit if they weren't friends. Fashion industry is too cutthroat and not very nice at all. Mm. No, you can't be engineering uh, your shit if, if we weren't friends. The fuck? Like, that's why there's going to be a difference with the gap prices probably because like if you see engineered by like Gucci it's probably going to be a lot different than engineered by Balenciaga because Kanye is friends with them now cool because sh- that shit can slide but when you have another fashion house now involved it might be a very different story you might see five bills <laughs> <laughs> like gap money that's true yeah it's fucking true yeah. but why do why do men buy a t-shirt for 500 and why do women buy a handbag for a grand <coughs> i don't know it's it's the way that um peer pressure works and i guess perceptions against the, amongst those genders like the way men think like i don't give a fuck about a bag like okay you got a, a louis vuitton bag man do not care yeah. they'll take that bag and okay. they still won't care about it but women now it's like gotta have that bag yeah i don't care if anything doesn't fit in that bag i want that bag that's a different mindset and they will generally get that bag there's also something i want to talk about um as part of the reason for why these companies are set up in the first place because let's say you come up with an idea for a business it sounds good it adds value to society and then people get behind that mission and and then the company does well and it scales like louis vuitton like louis vuitton for example but what happens when um, Virgil Abloh makes a pair of Jordans off-white um, for $4 and then sells them for X amount, right? Is this a program and a scheme just to allow him to sit on his chair and say, and this goes for all the other designers, to sit on that chair and say, I want everyone else to fund my lifestyle and my business, so I'm going to charge a lot of money for it based on my powerful connections and these things. See, or is that final consumer really justifying what they're buying it's too late to complain you know the, the song is too late to apologize it's too late to complain <sighs> when virgil was working with kanye after he had his architecture degree and shit no you weren't hearing shit when he did the watch front watch the phone album cover like you know you you probably could have charged the same thing then so when he started pyrex he had a brand before pyrex as well and that pro- no no before that, that ben show was not even like a brand like that it was more like a DJ collective, collective yeah. yeah, that sold T-shirts. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, yeah, so Pyrex was about what's the about the finesse, 
Pirates was about the finesse. 100%. Once you learn how to finesse, just apply that again, run it back. Like, that's all it was. Were you trying to finesse? Run it back again and again. I'm not Virgil Abloh. He finessed with Pyrex, then Off-White, and then he didn't even have to do anything for LV. They were just doing it for him. Because people <laughs> wanted to buy what he made. Yeah, exactly. When you have a name that big now, and you're working for LV, I can't lie though, some of the shit he did for LV is cold and they would not have done it without him. <laughs> yeah, yeah that iridescent bag. Yeah, yeah. It's not amazing, but it's it's a piece. Yeah, that's what I was going to say too. <laughs> it's a piece, though, it's a piece. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's different. <laughs> no, I wouldn't buy it, but it just like as a as an idea. How we use mm. the, mon- the LV monogram, like, mm. yeah. I think I think Dior, did, did, did Dior start to redo their jackyard print after he um, took over at LV? Because the, the Jackal Prince have obviously been there for, for a long time, but they didn't start really going, like, doubling down on it in their designs. It's, it kind of started, like, trending as well, this whole Jackal Prince sort of thing. Like, you had like, yeah. the Fendi's coming back as well, well, for a bit at some point. I think so, because Kim, Kim Jones went to Dior. Okay, yeah. That explains it. But at the same time, Kim probably the originator, because the, I remember the LV Supreme um, briefcase. With the LV print just plastered all over it, type of thing. I've got questions as well. Actually, um, when you see a new brand on Instagram you've never heard about it before, and it's an exact copy of something that is one of these fashion houses, what would you think? Would you buy it out of your taste, or would you just like not want to be associated with something that copies a brand? Do you mean like minimal? Um, yeah, or like um, there's a few of them, like destructive or whatever it's called. But I would say just just something that just pops up that some 18-year-old kid in his bedroom's doing and he's doing a good job of it regardless of who he is and what he's doing but the product's good but it is obviously an exact copy. Um, do you buy it? Do you support uh, it? Me personally. Sometimes I, I see that sometimes and I get a bit conflicted because it's like I want to buy it to support the kid or the business and what they're doing because if, if it looks like they're on job in it and they're doing their thing. But That's at right, the same yeah. time, I'm just like, I don't want to... I don't like the fact that they've copied it and not put their own work into it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. That's how I, I feel when I can't support that most of the time. Even like high street store, sometimes I see stuff yeah. that are really cool, but then I know that that's a copy of something else, and I'm like, I can't wear that. I don't care about people's opinions because I'll wear whatever I want. Like I don't yeah. really care. People say, "Oh, that looks fake," and da, 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 that's copy of that. I don't really care, but yeah, but it's, it's the, the I don't know. Yeah, my morals in it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. That's how I feel about like uh, when I first saw Minimal LA like ripping off Chrome Hearts. Yeah, I was like, this is a good idea, but you shouldn't be doing it. Like. Like you're Sit literally down. like they're literally like three grand for a reason. You can't just like undercut man. Like that's a I fucking foul. This minimal's become like a money making machine. It's kind of like a marketing machine now. It's mm. just they're doing the whole ambassador thing, and it's just that whole you know what I mean, that whole influencer thing. Yeah, and that's what hundreds of or thousands of influencers at the moment, which is just crazy. I think that's what artists do as well. Music artists, it's that that whole type of undercutting man. Just to just to make a living, <laughs> which is cold. Would you ever buy a fake product? Like you, I've just googled Chrome the Hearts cap. I know they go for a grand or something, but people are on Etsy with like forty pound ones. Yeah, I wouldn't buy one though. It's not that deep, man. See that to to me that <coughs> just tells me that yeah, the system's got you, bro. Like, yeah, if so you're willing like, to. So if you're in if like, you have to do that just to look good. If you're in like Thailand or something, just or different, or China, and you go to the um. The markets the and they, they and get that. yeah the fake markets. Would I you watch buy that it? Shit on YouTube sometimes? Yeah, yeah, people like bartering. Would you would you like buy a pair of Yeezys that are actually only like ten pounds? 
Bro, I think selling that shit, making a profit. I don't really care about. It. <laughs> as a as as a community, like I think black people are different. Uh, I think Chinese people are okay with just buying counterfeit shit yeah, or they, real shit. Like, they don't really care. Like but, Asia, Africa, etc. That's yeah. pretty normal though to wear counterfeit stuff. I guess, but over, like, I guess immigrants though, like African immigrants, not really back home. Yeah. Mm. But immigrants, they'd be too proud to just like, to wear it here. Yeah, that's because of the way people are here, man. Everyone's yeah. too judgy. Well, yeah. I I don't know if it's everywhere else, but London especially, everyone's a bit judgy in my opinion. So I'm not even people, sorry, not people analyze your shit like way too much. I should say I should say like second generation first, like second generation, first generation, not immigrants. Sorry. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. I mean, what what do you think? Well, would what would I like if you would I wear fakes? If if you saw a pair of like Bapesters, like, and they were let's say like, I don't know, one hundred and twenty, or like eighty pound, the fake ones, fakes. Yeah, but well, I'd probably try and get them down to fifty. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I I probably would. Um, I don't I don't actually own any fake things, um, and when I do set aside stuff, I'll probably get them in the sale. I got a bait yeah. jacket that was like 500 retail. Got it for like 180 in Selfridges. Jeez. Um, and that was like a nice satin bomber jacket. What kind of discount did you get? No, it was just on sale. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> but in terms of like fake products, um, if it was a bad fake, you know, people would laugh at you. Um, if it was a good fake, mm. people wouldn't know and um, probably could wear it. I mean, I might be wearing fake stuff right now. You don't know. Um, <laughs> what, fake jersey? No, nah, <laughs> that's all 100% authentic. Um, it's well, difficult. To, it's, it's difficult to say. Really. How would you feel? How would you feel if um, you realised people were wearing fake jersey? Oh. How would you feel? That's crazy. Well, uh, two sides to it. I'd be like, yes, I'm getting knocked off now. I'm actually on that level. <laughs> um, but I'd also, I know Moncler. They've got. They like really shout about their like scheme to like. Um, just get rid of like counterfeits because the Moncler jackets are like always knocked off. Yeah. Um. So I definitely have like a a concern going to try and not allow people to buy it, but it's difficult to implement it because, you know, you can trademark your brand, um, but there's always ways around it. There's no patenting in the fashion industry. Yeah. And if someone patented the T-shirt, then imagine that. Um. You can't. So I don't know anything about knockoffs. It's difficult, but I don't know how I'd feel about it. I'd feel probably pretty good immediately but annoyed in the long term i think you took you two are the, uh, good people to ask would you um like you know that authenticity kind of thing so like um the product tie i got for graduation like it had like the barcode like a lot of uh, companies now are doing like revamped rfid mm-hmm. so like you can basically go online and check kind the authentication certify the product and yeah. Then, yeah for your brands um like individually would you like implement that like is that something would you you would even be interested in like starting or like developed like at what stage would you believe that's like um it, i wouldn't say from the st- i mean from the start it'll be quite expensive yeah to do but um for me my brand yeah personally i would do something like that yeah yeah because i wouldn't i would try to avoid this whole counterfeit thing as much as possible i, I mean i hear that it's good marketing in it obviously but it's expensive Huh? It's expensive. It's expensive though, man. I don't know. I mean, at first I'll let I'll just let whatever run, let the initial designs run. Like people can copy that, do whatever they want with that. Yeah. Cool. But when it gets a bit more premium, that's when I'll start kind of getting a bit more 
like serious with it in terms of like yeah having the if RFID you, and whatnot. Yeah, if you end up like a Supreme Italia, like Oh yeah. Oh, so you're saying that someone actually <laughs> yeah. like opens up a shop in China and says this is a oh Jersey shop? It could ha- something okay. it could happen like that. I'm not yeah. like, it happens. Okay, and back in 2013, 2014, I had a brand called Prestige with a couple of friends. Or one other friend, sorry. I think I remember going. And we had, like, our shit was booming on Tumblr. We had, like, sales were good, I ain't gonna lie. Yeah. But at the same time, we started to get copied in China. So at first, we, we produced everything ourselves in um, a little studio, hand printed everything ourselves, screen printed it, whatever. Um, and then we decided, yeah, this is getting too much. We're getting hundreds of orders. We can't do this anymore. Yeah, just like, we need to, yeah outsource and whatnot. Did that now. As soon as you did that. China? Oh, my God. The next thing you know, we're seeing pictures of our shit on, like, AliExpress and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, what was it called? Alibaba at the time, whatever. Yeah. Well, and, yeah, like, I was just like, okay, I don't know how to feel about it. Like, because, I mean, it's a good... F- I mean, one, you can't do anything about it. It's too late. It's done. Mm. Yeah. And then, two, I was like, okay, I guess it's still good press because, it's like, if you type in the brand, the there's more images coming up. There's more things coming up for it. Like, yeah. there is a lot more of the, the T-shirts I'm seeing, like, on the internet. Just even... Without me searching for it, it was coming up. That's cool. Like sort of thing. So I was like, right, cool. your your this brand is... name and logo. Yeah, like wow. the, the okay. like the actual shirts, like Shit. pictures from Tumblr or wherever it was and whatnot. Yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. People reposting it and in certain places. And I was like, okay, cool. This is actually like a thing. But I don't know if that I don't know if the Chinese thing helped or. <laughs> <laughs> Well, at the time we were doing influencer marketing and shit like that, like hitting up the big Tumblr people. And yeah. yeah. So That's I don't know, cool. but I, it's, it's 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 a benefit, but it's also it can fuck up your brand. Of course, they can run away with your ideas and just start. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had like Lacoste, Farah, ASOS, Jeez. Fred Perry. Yeah, in the same cause. Country. No, what happened was they were looking at my Instagram story. So when I oh, when wow. I spotted that trend, Bro. and I made that design in 2018. Um, I had these people because I was doing a lot of marketing and I had a lot of people with my brand and on like all eyes on my Instagram page. I yeah. saw these brands in my story and then I've just recently seen Lacoste do that shirt and make it and charge it £100. And I saw it in a cos shop. I saw it Fred Perry do it. Far is probably going to do it. Um, That's but it may, but, but this is the trouble. You can't pattern a design. And I know yeah. that um, I'm proud of myself for making that design and now I'm getting it nicked. Now, what I don't want people to do, because I've put my heart, soul, and a lot of time into thinking about this, is take my logo and try and, and like, you know, fake fake a shop. Because then it would be like, I know sometimes that's how that's what happened to Supreme and parts of China where they couldn't get around a trademark yeah. and they could just start it. Then it's then it gets serious. But um, if you nick someone's design and try and do it, I think what really comes back to is having an audience that's brand loyal. And if the yeah. audience is brand loyal, it's not going to go to Lacoste because it can see what Lacoste is doing. The thing is, like, Supreme Italia had like, loyalty as well. Like, people were so loyal to Supreme, they became loyal to Supreme Italia. Like, do you understand yeah. what I'm saying? Like, it's not, it's not the same exactly demographic, but it is. Because, like, they're attracted to Supreme regardless. So it's like the same way people will be attracted to your brand, they'll be attracted to the fake brand too because... It's based off you. <laughs> yeah, it's like nowadays just being a person behind the brand is important. It's like, um, I've forgotten what his name. It's probably a good thing I don't know his name right now. But he ripped off Carti. I've forgotten his name. It's like Blue Sign. Mm-hmm. I don't think his name is Blue Fountain. <laughs> Got a weird name. He made a song called Blue Sign though and it rips off that um, Sky song. Oh, Sky. Um, I think I think you told me about it before. But yeah, Fiji something. 
Fiji Macintosh? Yeah, Fiji Macintosh. I think so. Anyway, so it's like the way he just came and like literally stole everything from Carti, like cadence, flow, mm. adlibs, beat. But people still fuck with it like heavily, knowing full well this guy is just trying to be somebody else. But it's like this, it's the same thing basically. It's like, yeah. what are you going to do? Well, just like, that's that how people thought. I'll people just thought ask nicely, please don't. Please don't. <laughs> <really don't>. Please. <laughs> please. I want to ask you like, yeah. In terms yeah. of like, sorry, <clears throat> get close to the mic. In terms of like this whole rise of menswear and whatnot. Yeah. Do you think that the whole rise in the queer community, I don't know, is that the right word to use for this shit? The LGBTQ yeah. community? So do you think here yeah, that that community has had an impact in the bravery of oh, how men have like, I don't know, I feel like just men's bravery and style in general and fashion. Yes. And the way men take care of themselves a bit more and whatnot. Do you think that has impacted it? I think it's more because they're having girlfriends and girls have an impact on a man's like sense of style, sense of dress yeah. and how they look after themselves. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot. There's and a lot to talk about. There. And if you're trying to compete with certain men for girls and girls' attention, then you gotta start doing things differently to how. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But I feel like guys pay. Mm, I feel like guys put more work into themselves when they're single rather than when they're in a relationship. Yeah. A yeah, but that's more. just to get girls' attention, though. Mm. <laughs> I, well, yeah, essentially. No, I'm saying it's a serious question because, um, you know culturally if you're more groomed prim proper then you're looking after yourself and i feel like yeah. you know the gay community uh do have you know responsibility for making that addition in the way we look at ourselves and see ourselves but you know it, it does have an f uh, it is to do with like attracting the opposite sex of course it is because that's why we present ourselves to the external world the right way and we want to spend money and time thinking about it and that's why people have personal shoppers and consultants for this sort of mm. kind of thing but yeah. i definitely say that the rise of menswear has really been can attribute some of its success to the gay community, yes. Okay. Very interesting you say that. See, um, Matches, uh, Matches.com, whatever. Mm. Uh, I'm sure if you know, they're based in London. They said that um, they've seen a, a rise in men's clothing up 40% from last year and a rise of in footwear 50%. So that's like, these are real f stats and figures to back up what yeah. people, what experts are saying, basically, the rise in... Mm. Uh, you know, as well, I feel like personally, and I was hoping one of you always said this that the fact that there's more options for men now in clothing. Yeah. I feel like, Slightly. like for example, like, like that's why I even mentioned the whole um, queer community thing. Yeah. It's because I feel like with that coming up, there is now more options on the shelf for men. There is more experimental clothing. It kind of mixes with the women's wear a bit more. Yeah. Which guys kind of always wanted to kind of do, but never really touched it because of this kind of opinion that was well, this judgment in the air. But the thing is, what what they're saying is basically, it's not just men buying the men's wear. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> essentially, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a girl text me today saying, "I know, yeah, I know." I had a girl <laughs> yeah. text me saying um, she bought a Bottega men's T-shirt um, because she buys men's clothes regularly. Yeah, mm. so she's always in that section, um, and I said, "Oh." Might buy a women's dress then. <laughs> <laughs> do do you see this rise? Because I've got women's pieces as well. To be honest, experts say that they see this being a long term shift. Do you see like how do you see a short term, mid term, long term? What, what's it in it for you? Because they're they're basically predicting up until twenty twenty six, like for this to continue rising. 
I mean, do you see it like being um, like that? That's like four think, years away. I think. Is he gonna be that hot forever? Is who sorry? Yeet. Yeet. Yeah. <laughs> I th- I I think I personally think he's somewhat instru- yeah. him and Carl are somewhat instrumental for yeah definitely arising. Well, why why would it stop? No. Why, why would it though? stop? I said why, <laughs> fam, Chanelli. <laughs> No, yeah, okay, yeah. There's a lot like I know music has a lot of influence just even from the phrase and then the mention of yeah, brands and cool, yeah, 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 yeah. I get that, but looking at them, do you, like, do you think that comes from do you think it, it comes from the actual lyrics or do you think it comes from like the way they dress, looking at the way they dress and whatnot? I you think got it's Carty, lyrics, I think example, it's lyrics. Man. You got Carti Uzi, people actually look at their fashion or look at the pieces that they wear, yeah, like opposed to what they're saying in the music about their clothes. But if you didn't talk about it, no one would give a fuck. It's like I think. People are underestimating how much a rapper's co-sign can do for something. Like, Lil Baby got paid for writing a bar about Swisher, you know? Yeah. He just put a, a line in the song about Swisher and he got paid. No, oh, yeah, people have been doing that for time. Like, yeah, that, yeah. That's, what, like, that's what I'm saying. So, like, this is not that far-fetched. Like, just him talking about Chanelli 15,000 times, like... So, at some point, you're going to talk to the family, you know what? What are the, uh, <laughs> what are the unethical f- and unjust things surrounding OVO brand. Like, why should people buy it just because it's Drake? I'm done. Is there even a reason for that? <laughs> I went to the OVO store, you know, it's so trash. It's so shit. In I there. went in with a bag on and they said, can you leave your bag outside? <laughs> what? <laughs> that was weird. Are you serious? They, actually they thought it was a bomb in it. They were like, we don't know what's in your bag or what you got it. Can you leave it outside? What the fuck? I'm not going to buy your t-shirt. <laughs> I thought you were going to blow it over your store. <laughs> what does the bag look like? What the fuck? Just a regular rucksack. Jesus. I'm sorry, that's why they thought you were going to blow it over your store. They must say that ev- like those guys must be on edge in that shop. <laughs> Something must have just happened that yeah, day Yeah, they probably get trained. Like, look, look. <laughs> I've have had, had it. <laughs> they must have had a break in or something. They got ops or something. I don't know. You know um, what's his name? Samuel L. Jackson on Snakes of a Plane. But I had it. That was, that's, that's, that's them, fam. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, that's what happens when you've got a platform and you just like engineer and position yourself into a space where brands want to work with you or you start your own brand and then people will buy it but it's it's trying to be at a level and compete with other people that are already really established and doing a good job and offering a good product and brand brand um so it doesn't really stand on its own two feet um and but people will buy it out of cultural um well cultural appropriation but sitting sitting into a culture as a social uniform you know i didn't answer my question um what was it that's a cool. Do you think this is gonna continue? Like how or how how long? Like <laughs> can you read the rise of menswear? Like oh, the rise of menswear. Um, I think it's only gonna grow as an ecosystem, and more things start to be born out of it. And like we said earlier, as social media grows and subcultures are generated, and people find problems with the current step we are on the ladder, only it's only gonna grow and um cater to more people that put their hand up and say this needs to change and this needs to change it's like a tree you know the branches start to grow but i think because of more men are you know aspirational and we're going through a, a societal time where men have been struggling this is going to get a bit left field now but you know the feminist movement and the women's female imperative has affected men like we were saying you've got to be more competitive as a man to be successful in our society dress the part look the part be more socially aware be more competitive in natural selection, every man for himself. 
fashion has a part to play in that. And that's going to yeah. start new businesses. It's going to start new waves of culture and influence and society and communities. And I think that's going to be a good thing. And therefore, it's going to overtake women's wear because <laughs> I feel like we might return to a place where, you know, men start to have more of a say in the way the culture is a, as a as a fight back against the feminist movement. See, and I know a lot of people are going to argue about that because people feel a way about it, but that's how I see it. It's nice that you, you think that, but men are not that educated. I'm, just, I'm sorry. It's like... Yeah. It's just not. Like, the average woman <laughs> is crude. I just feel like we just don't care. About, like, we don't care about appearance as much as women do, yeah. realistically. So. Yeah. So they're not, they're not going to be into, into this shit. Well, I, I guess it won't stop. Because <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like, I don't know, this might be a bit controversial, but I feel like men are a bit more functional when it comes to their clothing choices and like just their, I don't know. Style. What am I doing today? Yeah, what do I need to just, wear? Does yeah. this, like, is this functional for me? Like, yeah. I, do, yes. does it have pockets? Does it have this? Like, yeah. I feel like girls don't leave the house thinking, oh, yeah, does this have pockets? No, it doesn't have pockets. Oh, I've got my handbag or whatever. It's, I don't know, it's a different thing. Oh, the, my, my shit but can't then, fit in the handbag either. It can't fit in, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. We've all seen the memes, like, when you've got a, a meeting at two, but a rave at six. Like, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I want to ask you, what, what age did you realise that you were into fashion? Uh... <laughs> Probably like the jerk era. I'm dying. <laughs> Actually, no, no, no. I went to no. I used to go to America a lot because um, I have family in America, and my mom was there for a bit as well. Yeah. So I kind of got a fashion sense from being in New York a lot and kind of seeing how they were dressing. I started dressing more. I started moving my streetwear style from tracksuits and shit over here to then yeah, like jeans and like Converse and all sorts of shit. Like I just started exploring a bit more in it, and then I yeah. kind of brought that back here a bit. But and could you I have been I could you have been interested in fashion based <coughs> on the social uniform and your immediate environment? You know, I'm not gonna lie. It's yeah, that played a part for sure. That played a part. Yeah. It wasn't just like yeah, I saw the style. Well, wow, yeah, he's stylish. It's so you don't necessarily <laughs> have to. There's a whole lifestyle behind it. Take ideas off the inner city urban people that are just buying products just out of social pressures, rather than what you as a person would want to wear to express your style. Wait, sorry, repeat that again. So I guess, why'd you have to go to America to find out you like fashion? No, why I didn't I? have to. I just no. felt like... No, but yeah, you're a fan of that, yeah. <laughs> it's just how things ended up happening. It's because yeah. I was I was away from that. Like, it's, it's something that you see on TV and shit. But on TV, you'd see kind of like a, like a stereotypic version. But when you're actually there, you start to see like the... Lo like, if you're in a local area, more so when you're, if, you're in a, if you're in a little like kind of hotspot, then it's a bit different. You do see the general shit. Yeah, but when definitely. you're in the local yeah. areas, you start to see the styles a bit like a, a bit more... There's more. Vi there's a more variety of styles. It's it's a bit different. It's a bit more. You see the casual. You see the smart. You see the difference between the different things. In the city, you don't see that so tough. It's just everyone's kind of got like set styles, and yeah. it's just a usual trend. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. And I feel like yeah, for me, it's just that I kind of started dressing like them because I wanted to be comfortable over there. I feel like I wanna. I, I just I don't know. You know, you just wanna yeah. blend in in a new place where you are. You know what I mean? Yeah. And mm. then that's what that's what kind of got me into that style. And then when I came back here, I started trying to blend American styles with. UK styles and I started dressing like one of those jerk people and yeah yeah just kind of went from there <laughs> <laughs> for me it was like um us being in school and seeing the olders for when they, when, they were, when I seen them and like Lyle and Scott and shit I was like what brand is like oh, am I seeing always seeing that eagle what the fuck is that yeah like that had a moment yeah for real I started going top man Lyle and Scott just seeing out what they had I had a shop in Covent Garden, didn't they, Lionel Scott? 
I wasn't going. Yeah. I was going. Yeah. Um, what's it called? So I, that's that's when I kind of like knew for sure because I was changing my style. I forgot what my style was there, but obviously I'm from Tottenham, innit? So I was not wearing line squad top man at all. Like until like I hit like year nine, for sure I was like shit. Clearly something is going to miss because I'm seeing, I'm seeing the guys on TV for the shows that we used to watch, kinda. So I'm not sure if it's kind of like in between his times, but I'm seeing the guys on TV, kind of wear similar stuff to the guys that we're in school with. Yeah. I'm like, I'm something's missing out. Like, um, and then obviously sits for me had to do the wearing the suit shit. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was in a jerking area era as well. It was about like kind of high top, high top dunks or some shit. I would say, I'm. I've always been aware of this kind of thing, but also like I've always int- I've always been interested in the way that social groups gravitate towards wearing uniforms and yeah. the the psychology behind it and the business behind it and the consumerism behind it. But what it is at what what is it actually for? Is it functional, transpersonal, meaning that the collective mind can buy into it at a level that is actually a language, like a subconscious language? Yeah. And does it take people into like a portal of being connected over something? And is that morally justified and a good thing for society at large? And is it a is that, you know, when you look at a logo or a brand, is it giving you the right feelings? So, um I, yeah, when I was little and I start to see people just buying shit, I was yeah. thinking, oh, it has to be deeper than that. And then I started, you know, learning about it and watching mm. it and just just going for it, yeah. That brother's looking at us like we gotta get out. Yeah, yeah. someone's trying to chuck us out. Oh shit! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right then. Yeah. Oh, oh, not now. Oh, what about to say? <laughs> oh, I see. Just close the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is funny. Ooh, I need some food. God damn. You wanna wrap this up? Yeah. Fuck it, man. Come on. Right. Yeah, let's wrap this up. This is what I think it's like episode sixteen or some shit. Yeah, it's been your host, Remy. Alex. Yo. <coughs> yeah, we out. <laughs>